You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Well, again, welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It is great to be in worship with you this morning. I want to highlight a date for you that's coming up, August 15th. We're going to be kicking off the ministry year with just a a huge party. That Sunday, we'll start off our new worship services, 930, uh, 10.45, and 11. And then at noon, we're going to have this huge party. We're going to have a band. We're going to have, uh, we're going to give out secret gifts to the children. And they're so cool that parents, you're going to want one too. Um, so you're going to have to be there to come find out what it is. We're going to have a dance. We're going to, I mean, we're going to have food trucks. It's going to be amazing. We want everyone to come back. We're going to kick off the ministry year on August 15th. You will not want to miss it. And also, uh, last week, Carrie Weatherford gave just a fantastic sermon on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're kind of progressing again in the story of Daniel, as Daniel tells. We're going to look at Daniel 6. A little background on our passage today, that King Darius was a Mede, M-E-D-E, and he was ruling Babylon at the time. The Israelites were in exile. And he made what is pretty unusual, according to commentators, King Darius made a declaration that his citizens could only pray and worship for 30 days, could only pray and worship him. Well, that was going to be a problem for old Daniel. So let us look at this great story from Daniel 6. Listen for the word of the Lord. Although Daniel knew that the document had been signed, that's the document I just told you about, He continued to go to his house, which had windows in its upper room open toward Jerusalem, and to get down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and praise him, just as he had done previously. The conspirators came and found Daniel praying and seeking mercy before his God. Then they approached the king and said concerning the interdict, O king, did you not sign an interdict that anyone who prays to anyone, divine or human, within 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the den of lions? The king answered, The thing stands fast, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they responded to the king, Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, king, or to the interdict you have signed, but he is saying his prayers three times a day. When the king heard the charge, he was very much distressed. He was determined to save Daniel, and until the sun went down, he made every effort to rescue him. Then the conspirators came to the king and said to him, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no interdict or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king gave the command, and Daniel was brought and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you faithfully serve, deliver you. A stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lord so that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No food was brought to him and sleep fled from him. Then at the break of day, the king got up and hurried to the den of lions. And when he came near the den where Daniel was, he cried out anxiously. 
O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you faithfully serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel then said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths so that they would not hurt me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no wrong. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher, that you might speak a word to our hearts that only you can speak. Lord, now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, last week I knew I was going to be preaching on today's text, and so I felt it was probably a good idea to do some first-hand research. So I took Major to the Atlanta Zoo. We got there early in the morning before it got hot. We had our mobile tickets, we had our water, and we walk in, and first we stop and we look at the pink flamingos. It's awesome. Then we go and we We see the geriatric elephants. And then we continue on and we go see the giraffes. And I kind of flexed on Major. I was like, I've actually seen them in the wild in Kenya. He wasn't that impressed. (laughs) And then we go see the lions. And the lions weren't very impressed to see us. They were laying on these rocks, napping. Surely they must be safe, right? So Major got fidgety. He demands to to be released from captivity of his stroller. So I let him out. He begins running around and he's chanting, lions, lions, lions. He wants to get closer. And so I lift him up and I put him in the cage with the lions. (laughs) No, I didn't. At the last service, like four. We had a veterinarian here. He was like, you did what? (laughs) Sometimes I think that's how we read the Bible. If it's like a how-to manual, you know. That's not how we're supposed to take the point of this message. That we're supposed to get in the, the lion's den with the lions. I have five observations that I think we can take away from this story. This story is not just about Daniel, but it's about God who intervenes to save Daniel. Here's my first observation. Daniel maintains a regular spiritual practice long before the lions of life come his way. Daniel has a regular routine, a spiritual practice that he keeps before the lions ever come along. Did you notice this? It says, Daniel gets down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and praise him, just as he had done previously. I find it fascinating that it wants to highlight this wasn't a new thing for Daniel. He wasn't thinking about just starting to be revolutionary and rebel against the king. No, this was who he was. This is what he did. He prayed three times a day. Anyone who sets out to feel the presence of God has to take time and pay attention to God. All people are born with a a spiritual sense of the divine. Many of us have just never used it. 
Christian tradition says that we actually have like a faculty or a spiritual sense of God. In fact, this is like the only place where Thomas Aquinas and John Calvin agree. (laughs) And if you can get Aquinas and Calvin to agree, we should listen. And they said there are these spiritual senses, just like we have eyes that can see, we have ears to hear, skin to feel, tongues to taste, nose to smell. In the same way, we have a spiritual sense of the divine. In Latin, it's called the sensus divinitatis, sense of the divine. Listen to this from John Calvin's Institutes of the Christian Religion. He says, there exists in the human mind and indeed by natural instinct, some sense of, div- of deity. We hold to be beyond dispute since God himself, to prevent any man from pretending ignorance, has endowed all men with some idea of his Godhead. This is not, a do- listen to this, this is not a doctrine which is learned at school, but one as to which every human being from the womb is his own master, one which nature herself allows no individual to forget. It says God has endowed every human being with a spiritual faculty, a sense of the divine. You get a sense of God's presence from a beautiful sunset, an exquisite painting from falling in love. God wants to speak to our hearts. We have to pay attention. We have to keep practicing. The Christian philosopher Alvin Plantinga, if you want to follow up this idea of the sensus divinitatis, he used to teach at Notre Dame. He's probably the most famous contemporary philosopher who makes an argument that human beings, every human being has a sense of the divine. But he says so many of us don't know it, so it falls out of shape. It's like a muscle. We don't, you, we don't practice. We don't keep it in shape. And so we lose the sense of the divine. And there are many different ways to keep it in shape. For Daniel, he prayed three times a day. Some people practice meditation, others yoga. Some people read spiritual books. Other people keep a journal. I once kept a journal for a couple years, but then I had to burn them. I know for many of us, we've gotten out of the habit of coming to church. Coming to regular worship once a week is to keep your sense of the divine in shape. And I'm probably preaching to the wrong crowd if you're here, but those online are skipping this week. (laughs) On August 15th, we want to welcome people back. We we know some of us have fallen out of shape spiritually. It's okay. Don't feel guilt or shame, but now's time to get back on the treadmill. Flex those spiritual muscles so that we have a sense of the divine. We have to work on our spiritual senses long before the lions of life come along. Second observation, don't paint yourself into a corner. Have you, you ever done this? Maybe you're staining your floor and you don't really think it out. Maybe this is something only I would do, but you know, you kind of, I would never stain my floor, but that's a whole other thing. You kind of, you work on it and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the corner. And the only way you can get out of the corner is to ruin all of the work you've just put in. This happens both literally and metaphorically in our lives. And King Darius has painted himself into a corner. 
He's made a declaration which he says he can't change, he can't take back. He says, you can't worship anyone other than me. And if they do, they'll be thrown into the lion's den. And now Daniel's gone and prayed to his God and has run afoul of the king's declaration. Couldn't he change his mind? Doesn't seem so. He says, the thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. He's backed himself into a corner that he can't get out of. Now he's got to do what he doesn't want to do. Put Daniel's life on the line. I think this is a good reminder of us. I'm reminded of that great scene in Top Gun when the commander says to Tom Cruise, son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. That's just some great advice. Be careful about writing checks that your body can't cash. Think before you speak. Have a plan. Under promise, over deliver. King Darius doesn't do that. And he puts someone he loves and admires in danger because he paints himself into a corner. And then in verse 21 and 22, I see another two life principles that can really help us flourish. Listen to this, verse 21. Daniel then said to the king, O king, live forever. This is after he's been rescued from the lion's den. He says, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no wrong. I have done no wrong. Live life with an open, as an open book with integrity. Daniel has remarkable confidence in his own integrity. He hasn't done anything wrong. So he has nothing to worry or feel bad about. Someone once told me something they remember, Dr. Lane Alderman, my predecessor, saying, and I thought it was just so profound. He said, if you always tell the truth, you won't have to worry about remembering the lies. That is just earthy wisdom. If you're lying all the time, you've got to try to keep your story straight. How do you do it? You're filled with anxiety. Have you ever been around somebody who lies? It's not fun. Don't be that person. Jesus taught us, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Live your life as an open book with integrity. The other principle, principle number four is, keep no hard feelings. <laughs> keep no hard feelings. Daniel hasn't done anything wrong other than pray. And he gets thrown in the lion's den overnight, and he survives, and he gets out, and he's rescued from the lion's den. And the first thing he says, did you catch it? He says, oh, king, live forever. That's, you throw me in the lion's den, I make it out alive. The first thing I'm not saying is, I hope you live forever. <laughs> right? But Daniel, no hard feelings, doesn't hold a grudge, doesn't appear to be angry or bitter. Long live the king. Daniel here exhibits a virtue that we might call old school. I don't hear many people talk about it very often. The virtue goes by the word magnanimous or magnanimity. You know this word? Magnanimity is the virtue of being of great mind and heart. It encompasses the refusal to be petty. 
means being generous and forgiving to be the bigger person. Daniel is magnanimous. He's rescued. He says, long live the king. He doesn't hold a grudge. Isn't this the kind of person you want to be around? (laughs) The kind of person you want in your family. The kind of person you want working for you. Occasionally, I'm asked to, to write letters of recommendation. And one of the things I love putting in a letter of recommendation is saying that this person is magnanimous. Because then I know the person gets it. It's like, oh, darn it, I got to go get my dictionary. <laughs> I think RPC, honestly, is a magnanimous church. I think one of the th- things we've really cultivated here is not getting stuck holding grudges or being angry and petty and fighting over small things, being bigger, big-hearted, being generous, magnanimous, like Daniel. Don't be afraid to say no hard feelings. And our final principle, playing with time here and going back to verse 16. Then the king gave the command, and Daniel was brought and thrown into the lion's den. And then A stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, so that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. What principle can we take from this? God works behind the stones. God's working. The opening is covered up by a stone. But God's still working behind the stones. Does this remind you of anything? In the Bible, it's remarkable to see all of the times where God, we think we're without hope, but God is working behind the stones. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament comes in the Gospel of John. Jesus receives word that his friend Lazarus is sick. He waits several days until he goes. And in that time, Lazarus has died. His sisters, Mary and Martha, are grieving. And Martha comes out to meet Jesus, and not with a tinge, without a tinge of anger. Where were you? Why didn't you come? I sent, I sent word for you. My brother would not have died, and now he's been dead several days. And then the shortest verse in the Bible occurs. Jesus wept. And he weeps. And he grieves and he mourns. But then he walks over to the tomb. And he says, roll away the stone. And they say, oh no, we can't do that. He's been dead several days. But Jesus knows. So God working behind the stone. And so they roll away the stone and out walks Lazarus. And in that moment, we see a foreshadowing of Jesus' future, when he will be crucified, when he will be dead and put behind a stone. But God's working behind the stone. And when the stone is rolled away, we see the best news we have ever heard, that death does not have the final say on our lives or any of our loved ones' lives. Death is not the final power in the world, that God in his resurrecting power has worked behind the stones. God works behind the stones. So what are the stones in your life? 
Maybe it's a stone of unemployment. Maybe there's a stone of infertility, an unhappy marriage, addiction, depression, whatever it might be. Don't give up hope. We serve a God who works behind the stones of our lives. And if the story of Daniel teaches us anything, it teaches us that fact, that God is working behind the stones. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the good news we hear in Daniel's story, but ultimately in your story. And Lord, we pray that that light and that resurrection life might shine into our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.